0: Party people, and welcome to the Watchlist Burn Book. Hey, woo! We have got part two of our Fear Street mini mini series coming at you today. Um, We covered Fear Street Part 2, 1978, which is a bit of a flashback movie. It takes us back to the last time Ms. Sarah Fear was running amok in the town during a summer camp in, you guessed it, 1978. Um, So this movie was actually really 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 good. Mm-hmm. Like absurdly good. Like 200,000 times better than 94. And one of the main reasons was because the plot just made so much more sense. Yeah. It, it just Oh, sorry. No, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> it just yeah, it was so much more
1: simple. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was very it was very straightforward. The premise was not super complicated and because of that we were able to get so many, like, good little moments out of it because they weren't focused on, like, all of the little itty-bitty details of trying to get all of the information about Sarah Fear out, out to us, you know? Yeah. So we, we got to just have so many better, like, world-building moments, which I'm always a huge slut for.
1: Yeah. And it just, it gave us a lot more time to feel like grounded in the story and also connected mm-hmm. to the characters you know like I by the time everybody was dying <laughs> as they do in a slasher film I was I was like caring about the people who were dying yeah and it was it was different than in 94 because it was just like all of these random people started dying and then I was still trying to figure out the mechanics, but I was also falling in love with the characters, but I was still stuck on the mechanics. And with this movie, we had so much time to discover the camp, discover the dynamics of Shadyside and Sunnyvale, um, to see all of the tensions between Ziggy and Cindy Mm-hmm. and Alice um to like get to know tommy before he like goes nuts and yeah. just like all of this stuff we got to see um the nurse um you know like tell everybody th- th- this is going to happen yeah nurse lane got like says you know like this is happening i've done all of this research and it just like things just get disseminated better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. This whole movie felt a lot more grounded in where it was supposed to be more so than 94 um and yeah it was just because we had all of those little like world building details and we actually like I absolutely love that we got to see Mary Lane I love that she was there and I love that because of that all of the past killers weren't like these enigmatic nasty beings that were just coming at you you know you could actually like connect that these people that were, like, possessed by Sarah Fear in this town were human beings. And actually, and, like, how that really fully affected the town. So I am 100% so happy that they included Mary Lane.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just, I don't know, it felt, with her being there, it, the, it made the connection to... Ruby just a lot stronger. You mm-hmm. know, I, I wasn't like like when she showed up eventually. I was like, "Oh, hey Ruby." Um yeah. It's sad that, you know, your mom was <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. Um but yeah. I understood her so much more than just like in the first movie when she shows up and it's just like, "Oh, man, she's hot. Her story's so sad." Um, and like that's it. And I was like, oh okay. Um and it's like the whole Shady Side Killers connection just makes so much more sense when you watch this movie because you get mm-hmm. to you get to see it actually happening instead yeah. of like like with the first movie, was it Ryan, I think, the first the, the first guy who kills that's my so- hawk.
0: That sounds right.
1: Like he just shows up, you know, possessed, mm. but we don't know why. <laughs> but we get to watch it happen and we get to know that it's going to happen and why it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it forces you to go through a lot more turmoil as a watcher, mm-hmm. which which I enjoy, which I really enjoy. It was fun. It was it was fun to watch and know at the beginning that like all of those people were going to die and you're like, "Oh shoot. I am now growing to attached I'm growing too attached to these people that I know are going to die because it's been hinted so many times and i know that tommy's going to kill everybody and i know that uh one of the bermans was gonna die i thought it was gonna be i i thought it was gonna be ziggy but that was a great plot twist (laughs) yeah that was a really good plot twist yeah it
1: was it was like when nick said her birth name i was like huh
0: like everything clicked into place oh ah. my god yeah because i was sitting there and i was like there's no way cindy's gonna recover from <laughs> yeah i'm getting whacked
1: like the axes was like in her heart and i was like literally while i was watching tommy just like hack into her i was like how does she survive this <laughs> like, was, like not paying attention to ziggy only getting stabbed in the side like at all i did not like
0: <laughs> i was like there's no way the girl from community community is gonna come back after this." She's getting. She's getting whacked a little too hard. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And kind of on the topic of that, like I, I loved that whole moment where we actually got to see all of the past shady side killers like come out of the weird amorphous seraphir glob mm-hmm. below the below the camp because it it amongst everything else that seraphir had to do with in this movie, just everything started making so much more sense.
1: Yeah. I agree. The more stuff that they uncovered, like the more of her remains that they found, like, yeah, the more mm-hmm. she was there. Mm-hmm. That made sense to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, just being able to like not only like see the whole like weird catacomb situation that was down there, but like also having that journal as the way for them to figure stuff out was actually it was so much easier because we got the information about Sarah Fear that like we needed to know mm-hmm. for this movie and for the plot to keep going. And that was something that we didn't get in the first one, which I guess was because we needed to lay the groundwork, but we got so much of like the basic groundwork and not enough of like the information that like we wanted to know that it was a little hard. So I'm glad that I'm glad that they did take time in this to fill in the details of seraphia that like we needed to know in a way that was you know fun to watch as an audience because it's always fun to watch stupid teenagers (laughs) wandering around with a journal in like catacombs trying to figure out what's going on yeah
1: i agree and i also like adding on to just like dumb kids like i liked the moments that we got where we were like super immersed in just summer camp Mm -hmm. and kids suck um and I I mean I didn't go to co-ed camp so I didn't have to deal with no yeah no I was gonna say I didn't have to deal with people hooking up and stuff like that um (laughs) but like we yeah it was you know the drama the just like stupidity of color wars but like the competitiveness of color wars and like yeah you know like somebody did say some shit that makes you want to like shove their head into a toilet or like fuck up their bunk like
0: yeah i love i loved that yeah just the the classic camp hijinks going on not to mention like all of the little campers that we got were adorable and the camp counselors joan included joan was my absolute fave um i love joan (sighs) perfect in every single way but uh yeah I I agree I love how just alive the camp felt and something else that I loved was honestly like seeing all of those group shots especially like right during the color war and you see like all of the all of the kids from Sunnyvale like having the time of their life and there's like the five kids from Shadyside that are like stuck there <laughs> like against their will and they're not having a good time and it's just little things like that made this made this whole movie just feel so much more like immersive and grounded in like where they were and what was going on you know yeah
1: yeah for sure like i was a little skeptical at first when i knew this was gonna be set like at a summer camp in the 70s um Mm -hmm. because i was like okay this can either be cheesy or this can either be good um and it was like some parts of it were cheesy but like it was actually really good and it was like made me really nostalgic and i was not expecting to yeah um <laughs> like i was like oh man i kind of miss camp like i i am actively much better off than i was when i was at my camps um but you know yeah i don't know something about the the spirit of what they captured was just really great
0: yeah yeah it felt a little too it felt a little too realistic i never went to camp so like i wouldn't know but like there were some things in there where i was like this this feels a little bit more realistic than like friday the 13th you know (laughs) maybe the writers
1: went to camp and were traumatized
0: you know highly probable (laughs) highly probable given some of the stuff that happened in this movie (laughs)
1: Okay, so now that we have spent enough time raving about this movie, um, it is time for us to be ourselves and nitpick and talk about things that we just are like, mm, why'd you do that? And one of them is uh, Nick Good and the, the forced sympathy uh, storyline that is continuing to be developed, especially because we get to watch him as a child um and he you know has his whole journey with ziggy and he's like i'm different i don't want to follow my father's legacy do you think that i asked to be like the the next sheriff in this town i don't want i'm different i read stephen king i want to start a book <laughs> club with you because i like the weird girl from shady side and i'm like okay Sure. And then at the end of the movie, he turns around and gaslights Ziggy. And because he's like, "Mm, I got to make a choice. And the choice I choose is everything that I said I don't want to be because I'm mm, a coward. So I just feel like, why? I don't like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I I get it's supposed to be this like weird mirror of like what all the kids in shady side are going through you know because they all want to change and they're gonna change and then ye old Nick Good is like I want to change and then I'm not gonna change and I'm gonna keep upholding my thing I I don't know I think I I think I personally hate it yeah because I don't know if I can sympathize with someone who ends up being a cop who gaslights everybody in this poor town. Yep. That's that's what the issue is. Like I don't I don't care where he came from. I don't care that he like hates that that's what he's doing, but he still goes ahead and does it.
1: Yeah. It just I don't know. Like I think I would have bought like all of that more had Ziggy been the one who actually died. Yeah. And then he was like, "Well, Everything that I thought that I had to live for is now gone. So this is obviously what I am meant to do. I will. I will do this. But she, she's still alive. <laughs> Your girl's still here, and you gave up on her. I'm. I'm confused. Yeah, and she's still reaching out to
0: him. Yeah, for help, even though he's like screwed her over at least once. You know. <laughs> yeah. It's oh, there. There's just a lot of things about that that like don't don't sit right with me
1: yeah i agree because it's like i don't know we went on this whole journey Mm -hmm. like this entire movie and watching you you know like have conversations with cops and you know are like oh go easy on me when you're my boss and you know and he's like obviously the more responsible of his siblings but like is still just like is a a decent person and so it just like it sucks because it's like you have all of these great qualities and then yeah you make such a shitty
0: choice yeah and like at the same time i i know he's going to have a mini redemption arc in how this how this ends i just i know it after oh, the flashback that's gonna happen and it's it's just not gonna hit the way that they that the that the writers wanted to because i've already lost I like i already i already distrust him heavily i've already like written him off right because his narrative has gone the way that it's gone over literally just over this movie it's gone the way that it has and now i'm now i'm disinterested in any of his efforts to to fix this to fix the to fix sam you know yeah
1: yeah i also just like i don't know like i don't know if it's like the trope of having like you know the 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 like noble cop who's like well intentioned but makes a lot of mistakes and finally figures it out. I don't know if it's that that we're doing or if there's like some larger message that like his ancestors did some shit, you know, back in sixteen sixty six, and that's what mm-hmm. we're supposed to learn, you know, like one of the goods was one of the people that was like kill that witch, you know. Yeah. But if if even if that's the thing, it's like. hmm, I don't, (laughs) yeah, it's not enough for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And like that actually, that reminds me it, something else that I like absolutely hate about the way that his character is going is the fact that like, he's, he's the oldest good. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they've got a lineage of being sheriffs, you know, like the head of the family Becomes, like, the head of the sheriff department. Like, not the mayor, which, like, his other brother is doing. Right. Which is, like, revealed at the beginning of the first movie. Like, they've got they've got a lineage of being cops. Which I know absolutely showed up, like, after. Like, like we're going to see why that happens in, like, the next one in 1666. But, like, that... I don't know. I just think that concept is something that sits weird with me, given all of the themes that are happening in this trilogy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's not I don't know. I don't know what legacy I would have, you know, designed for them <laughs> after, you know, like the 1600s, but like like I I understand them being in Sunnyvale. That part makes sense to me. Yeah. Um like the goods being the family that, you know, controls Sunnyvale. That yes. Police? No.
0: Yeah. Yeah, which makes me think that like the good family was the one that persecuted. Yeah. Seraphir, which also which continues to get weird. Continues to get weird since they put Dina in her body in this last one. Oh. You know?
1: Mm. I'm so mad that that little post-clip credit confirmed that, that that this woman is white. We told y'all after the last episode, if she was white, we were going to be pissed the entire third
0: movie. And we, she is. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know where that's going to go, but I know I'm not going to like it.
1: From what I saw in the in the clips, the only black people that exist are those twins that Kate babysat, Josh and Dina, again. Again. Because they're using all of the same people, except Seraphir is new.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, like we've got this weird situation that like, I I I think it's just a vision that's like manifesting as like Dina putting everybody in those roles Yeah, because of how Seraphir is like that, like, I don't know, third eye mental connection situation that's going on now that she can yeah. connect all her body parts together. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to try to keep an open mind with how this next movie is going to go because of that. But I, my, my gut, my gut reaction is it's not going to be as clever as they think it is because it's going to be weirdly historically discussed.
1: That's my worry is like, okay, I understand. But like, if you're going to go that far back, Mm -hmm. yeah. And you are going to, you are going to not just have white people in your cast and you're gonna go that far back. There are certain ways to be like, fuck historical accuracy. And then there are other ways that just are not. You,
0: yeah. <sighs> Black Bridgeton people <laughs> were
1: not intermingling. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they were the ones being hung up and set on fire. And then the white ladies followed. But they blamed the black people for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there is no guarantee that's going to get covered.
1: Sarah Fear is a white lady with green eyes. I saw it. I saw it. Dead
0: ass. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I fingers crossed there's gonna be something else going on but i i i highly doubt it honestly yeah go
1: ahead i just hope it's more of dina the
0: whole movie so that i won't have to (laughs) yeah yeah because like we've already honestly no offense but we've already gotten everything we need to know about sarah fear Mm -hmm. you know uh this this movie pretty much tied up everything else that we need to know
1: yeah, cuz it even like I mean, I like I know that we're probably going to have to get like more background into who she is and like figure out if she like actually was a witch before this all like happened um mm-hmm. or if like, you know, if it was like a situation like the movie The Witch where like a bunch of people were possessed and then they find a scapegoat and it's her. Yeah. Um w- we'll have to see, but I just <sighs> I still feel like that could have been recorded in a journal and it didn't have to be something that we needed a movie where Dina literally gets transported back into her body.
0: True, true. I mean, that's what happens pretty much in any other horror movie where we have to get, you know, backstory on someone who was persecuted way back when mm -hmm. and then is haunting the land.
1: Yeah, you get their whole story, so you know why they're pissed. Yeah. I still don't know why Sarah Fier is mad, except for the fact that, you know, like, she was gonna die. Like, what uh-huh. what, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd they
0: pick you? Yeah. Which, I mean, is weird, because at the same time, it looks like that's what she's doing, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're out there, you're out there, you know, already doing stuff. You're just mad that, like, someone came by and said, I saw Goody Proctor, you know? <laughs> Cause, like, Literally. We all know. We all know that you're doing it. You know that you're doing it. It's
1: like, girl, you got caught. Why are you fucking up with fucking up these kids?
0: They didn't yeah. do nothing to you. Exactly. They exactly. didn't
1: hurt you and force you to cut your hand off so that you could enact vengeance on the land.
0: Yeah. Their ancestors
1: did. But that that's not them.
0: Yeah. They didn't have to be here. Yeah. TBH, the ancestors of the other town did it. You know? Right.
1: Right, you're persecuting the wrong people, Sarah yeah, um, damn,
0: okay, maybe maybe we do have to see what's going
1: on <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna
0: it's 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 gonna happen, oh Lord, okay <laughs> all right, it is now to throw it back to stuff that we love about this movie, <laughs> and the the topic of this section is queer rap because it's also really good in this movie it is so it is so good the unrequited love between alice and cindy is decadent
1: (laughs) yeah it is it's like it's like subtle and also not Mm -hmm. you know like the minute you see Alice, you're like, hmm, yes, gay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but like, bye. But, you yeah. know, gay. Uh, <laughs> and you, you see an immediate, like, even before you get their whole story, you see, like, years of connection between Alice and Cindy from, like, the first moment that Cindy walks into the room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I just oh, I thought that was beautiful. I didn't even mind that I didn't know why they were pissed at each other until like like an hour and 20 minutes into the movie.
0: <laughs> right, right. I thought it was perfect. I loved not knowing. I just loved seeing their... Honestly, I love seeing their relationship where it was at the beginning. And that I loved seeing it go through all of the little stages it did until the end. And part of that is because their whole... Like the dynamic of their relationship was really subtle. yeah and it's it's honestly because that that unrequited love was not written in the script it was something that just sort of came out of filming and the the creators decided to keep it in there wink wink nudge nudge which Mm -hmm. is which is always good and it I don't know it was just so it was so nice to see because it was so different from the rep that we got in the first movie You know, because it's very easy to fall into, like, a certain type of queer relationship when you're, like, making a whole bunch of, like, the same... A whole bunch of, like, you know, movies, episodes, whatever, and, like, the same thing. But it was nice to have two very different dynamics in, like, these first two movies.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I also like that, I mean, similar to the first movie, like... The the writers in these movies have given their characters the space to actually talk about how mm-hmm. they feel. And it doesn't have to... Because I feel like a lot of the time... Because I think we talked about this with I'm Not Okay With This. Um, a lot of the time when you have like queer characters as your leads or you try to make your leads queer, but <laughs> don't do it all the way. Um, like... <laughs> It's like people are like, oh, they have to struggle so much and it has to be so like internal and they can never like have a conversation like with the person that they are in a relationship with or trying to be in a relationship with or want to be uh, because they they just have to struggle. And it's like, no, (laughs) Mm -hmm. no, they don't struggle can be a part of the story but like queer people's lives are more than
0: just not being happy <laughs> you know absolutely absolutely and like with that it's so this is something that I said about the first movie but it's something that's gonna happen again it's so it's it's nice to see like the the light bit of struggle that these these characters do go through um it's nice that it's not like being like harsh in like the outside world you know it's like them having personal you know personal like difficulties and then they are like working through it together more or less Mm -hmm. well like especially over this movie like they get they get thrown together underground for a majority of the movie and then all of that stuff just comes out which is again like that that's natural. That something hap- that happens in like the everyday world, um, but it's it, it it's nice to see these characters like go through that struggle, but they still have an identity outside of suffering. You know, mm-hmm. that's not like the defining bit of like who they are, and it's not the defining factor in their relationship.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's not like their entire personality and like existence as a character is not just i'm in love with this person mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> you yeah. know like i loved alice's whole speech at the end um where she's like you know i have lost so much shit i have been depressed for so long let me do this shit like please
0: Yeah. And I I mean, she
1: didn't do it because she died right after, but.
0: (laughs) (gasps) Oh, yeah. So mad. So mad. (sighs) But we got to see Alice get to that point. Yes. And that was really good.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Because it got to a point where, you know, Alice was like, all right, look, obviously, you know, you are not going to admit to yourself in this lifetime that like, you know, you love me too. Uh, so Mm. i am going to focus on myself for once and i'm like yes yes so good
0: that's what i like to see that's what i like to see also not to mention alice was played by a non-binary actor like pop off period and they even confirmed that alice
1: is in love with
0: cindy exactly exactly they were like i got this vibe from reading the script and then everyone was like yeah cool run with it which is great is great is great that's that's evidence of a great great little you know creation room you know
1: yeah like it's cool when an actor comes to like a production team with an idea or vice versa like anybody who like would not originally be considered as like like their input as part of their job, you know. Mm-hmm. And instead of being looked at like, "Ew, why are you speaking?" Like, <laughs> their opinion is embraced.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a collaborative space. Yeah, which always puts out the best material. Period. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, now that we have finally gotten all of our nice things to say out of the way, it is time to talk shit aggressively, um, because apparently the last movie in this trilogy is the worst movie in this trilogy, and even though I don't know much except for that little nine, probably not even nine minute, more like seven minute clip, um, that was a little preview of what was to come, I... I was not a fan and it sucks because I love like not that you know people were persecuted and they died but like that oh, I I love studying like periods of persecution in history because i'm 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 fascinated with the idea that like humans are convinced that we can command people's lives we can't um mm-hmm. but we always do it and so i'm just yeah i this would usually be like my kind of thing but the the setup so far has made me not be excited
0: yeah exactly like you you are entirely right this had this has the potential to be like one of the best movies ever just because of the material it's covering. But I think all of the issues that like we've kind of seen in the trilogy thus far are going to come together and like cause it to not be that great. Um, One of which being the fact that this is just a, this is going to be super hypocritical when I say this because we just spent like so much time talking about how good this flashback movie is. <laughs> but the next one is like also a very, a very long flashback sequence and i'm a little worried that the material that we need to know isn't gonna take that long
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know it's a lot of that movie is gonna be like dina running around and being like oh shit where am i and mm-hmm. then anytime she's not doing that we'll be dealing with sarah fear um so i i, I guess what i'm trying to say is that we are literally gonna get uh, we've got like a super long movie, and I don't know what's supposed to happen and what we're supposed to get from this movie.
1: Yeah, I agree. I like, I feel like the relevant time that we'll spend, like in 1666, to actually get, like, you know, what happened to Sarah and why she decided to do what she did will probably take like 30 to 50 minutes tops. Yeah. And then we'll still have an hour
0: of movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, what? what's supposed to happen yeah (laughs) what's what's supposed (laughs) to happen like i know we're supposed to get sam fixed because that's the big that's the big issue with this whole thing Mm -hmm. but um i don't know i i guess what could happen is that she gets stuck back there and then she comes up with the real way to fix sam and then does that for the rest of the movie um but i don't i don't know i feel like this is overcomplicating what's going on with this grander plot line.
1: Yeah, I agree. Because it's like, the thing that I don't understand, especially with like, from the whole seraphir like mechanic that I understand so far, like I don't understand why Dina has been, what is it about putting her whole body back together that like sends somebody back to where she was? Because I, if we are understanding, like, what has been written correctly in, like, all of the journals, like, putting her body back together is supposed to put her at rest, but she's not. Yeah. And it's, like, if you bleed on her stuff, like, then her people come after you, which I still don't get that part either, Um, because it's, like, does – is it, like, blood will fall, meaning, you know – just because she cut her hand off and blood will fall, like, any blood will fall will send her, like, you know. Like, what are what is the context? What what are her parameters? There's a lot of, a lot that I just still don't get.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that whole mechanic becomes weird because she, like, she gives people nosebleeds when you're near her. But then also if you get, like, too close, you become a problem. Mm-hmm. Which I... I don't know you're just kind of. I, I guess that's like the optimal way to wreak havoc <laughs> <For> her, <I laughs> but guess. Like, girl, what do you want yeah it's like what are you what are you looking for I don't know I I don't know what could have possibly happened for her to get so mad that she wants to wreak this much havoc <laughs> like what do like do you want to rest what what do you want to do are you yeah.
1: content to like be like enraged forever? Like what's the point? I'm I want to know. I really want to know what happened to her for her to be this mad besides like obviously being murdered. Um, you know, like that that's a big thing, but like something else had to have happened, Sarah, miss girl.
0: Yeah, exactly. The the only thing I could think of is that like everybody was I don't know, everybody just sort of assumed that she was a witch and she was like since this is pissing me off so much i'm gonna screw everybody else over since they already think i'm a witch i might as well become one and terrorize everybody Mm -hmm. but i don't that that still wouldn't be enough for her to curse everybody like 40 generations down the line yeah i don't know unless she really hated everybody in that town which you know maybe so
1: it has to like some something big has to have happened with like Some family member specifically that has just decided to have her, you know, full tilt, like, fuck all these bitches. Like, she has to have some kind of beef with, like, a family name, but who? Because you're targeting everybody. It would be different if, like, every single, you know, like, every couple years she killed off, like, descendants of the Goods. Or she picked like, you know, Dina's family because something happened with them way back then. Or she picked Sam's family. Yeah. Or, you know, like she targeted a family. But she hasn't done that.
0: <laughs> She's just been running amok.
1: With everybody and it it you know, it doesn't matter really.
0: Yeah. It doesn't. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe this whole thing is to like truly terrorize the good family until the end of time and i don't know the way she did it is to terrorize everybody else as well yeah. which i think is a little it's so dramatic. i don't know it, it's it's very dramatic which she, her, she knows what she's about star sign is <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah that's the backstory mm-hmm. we need reveal reveal her like astrology chart it's giving scorpio kind of sorta she's definitely a fire sign with how she's yeah. acting like goddamn. Or an Aries, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 Maybe maybe she's an Aries. Maybe she's an Aries. Okay, That's Sarah. Really funny.
1: I see you, girl. But, like, go, I don't know. Do, do they have therapy for spirits? Like, is there somebody that you can talk to? <laughs> <laughs> because something's unresolved. Yeah. I just want to know what it is.
0: Yeah, it's it's not bad to go to therapy, Miss Seraphir. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, back on topic. Um- <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I I don't know. I really I I don't know what we're going to get out of this next movie, which makes me feel like this. It honestly makes me feel like this whole series should have just been the first two movies. Unless mm-hmm. something really, really batshit happens in 1666, I'm going to stand by and say that like the first two movies should have been it and everything should have been fixed after the big flashback with Seamerman.
1: That or if they wanted to have this like super long drawn out story, instead of making movies, they could have just made a TV show
0: absolutely absolutely
1: because i think it would have worked better
0: yeah even just like a mini series Mm -hmm. you know like a one one season mini series that that honestly is just a series of flashbacks (laughs) like we like we start we start with 1978 and then we get to um 1994 and then we get it fixed and then it's wrapped up because it also I I feel like they could have played with so much more in a series especially with like how episodes begin and end Mm -hmm. it would have given them a lot more space to do a lot more creative things
1: yeah especially since they like obviously are kind of doing like tv vibes anyway because at the beginning of the movies they're like previously on you know and so i'm like just make a
0: fucking series yeah (laughs) yeah it honestly it honestly feels like this is just paying homage to like the three big types of horror movies Mm -hmm. you know or like i guess horror movie settings and premises and then they just linked it together into something big and then how they wanted to do that was like a movie trilogy yeah because i mean that is usually how we like consume like slasher horror movies of that regard is in movie movie setting except for um that one episode of american horror story that we don't talk about but <laughs> 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 um so i i i guess i see what they're going for but i think all of this really does right on what ends up being hashed out in this last movie which I guess is the point.
1: Yeah. I just don't know how they're going to have space for everything without, mm-hmm. like, yeah, sacrificing, like, good. Yeah. Either, like, a good story, a good resolution, like, because you, you still have to resolve all of Dina and Sam's stuff. Um, and then they all have to reconcile with the fact that, like, almost everybody that they know is dead. Um, yeah. And then you also, like, have to do all of the Seraphir stuff in everything that happens in the 1660s especially since it's everybody from the first two movies playing their ancestors presumably mm-hmm. um but yeah. who knows for sure because they might not they might be playing completely different people and they just didn't want to hire all new actors <laughs>
0: like, or even like those those characters fit into the tropes in the town right is what my you know, thought was yeah yeah
1: like maybe it's like It's a way for Dina to just, yeah, like you were saying, rationalize what's happening. So she just fills in people that, but she doesn't know, like, I mean, I guess she kind of does because she's heard Ziggy's story, but I'm like, she doesn't know, like, Cindy and Tommy. Mm -hmm. And I definitely saw them, like, in that clip because Tommy was yelling. (laughs)
0: Yeah, he had that horrible accent. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Then I just saw Cindy looking shocked. True, which is what she's good at, yeah. Yeah, she is.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, you're right about, like, having having space for everything, because in... In this movie, in 1978, the whole time where Dina went back to go dig up the hand and put it with the rest of Sarah Fear's body was so rushed. Mm-hmm. We had like 10 minutes to go through all of that. And like, we kind of skip over the fact that like the hanging tree is like the tree in the middle of the mall.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like, what's that about? Uh, how'd they know? How'd they know? What's the, what's the tea on that? Unless that was like, I don't know, some some dirt done by the good family but at the same time why would you i don't know you're putting a mall on like hollowed ground of murder Mm. like twice over
1: you built a mall at where the camp where several of the people who survived that are still walking around the town today on top you you built a mall where all their friends died yeah
0: (laughs) which so traumatic (laughs) It is, it is, but I think that, that I guess that's kind of how city planning works Like, you gotta Ugh. cover up the bad shit with Capitalism
1: Um, oh god
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> Questionable territory Um but, but, but yeah, like We we skip over So much of that to try and like Rush to get to Dina getting Thrown back to 1666 And it's got me a little Worried that the same thing is gonna happen with this resolution unless Mm -hmm. something like i don't know unless something really 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 big happens to dina which therefore impacts sam Mm -hmm. which like i hope not i hope i hope dina isn't like possessed and then something else happens um i hope it just gets fixed i'm i'm tired of worrying over these tiny lesbians i'm sick of it
1: I I'd, I'd be so pissed if like the end conclusion was like Dina is the witch. Now, I'll be like, "Fuck you." Yeah, I'd be <laughs> so mad. I'd be
0: so mad. Let let
1: the lesbians be happy.
0: Exactly.
1: And live their life away from that town and their trauma.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if this turns into a bury your gays, I'm like <sighs> Cox gone. I'm I'm done. <laughs> I have
1: faith in the writers that it won't be, but yeah, we've been disappointed before.
0: True. They've, in in, in like the stuff that we've read, they've, they've seemed pretty like pro-gays. So I, I hope that doesn't happen, but I, I also hope that we get a, like, you know, decent enough space for this whole thing to be tied up in a way that isn't rushed. Mm Mm-hmm. Cause I'm worried if they spend way too much time on Sarah Fear, like we're not gonna, we're not going to get the story resolved and it's just going to kind of end. I don't want that.
1: No, please. No, please. No,
0: All right, folks, it is on to the best section of the episode, known as the Michelin star rating whoop segment. Whoop, whoop. For those of you who don't know, the Michelin star is a rating system awarded to chefs by the scary food critic from Ratatouille, based on how close they can get to triggering a beautiful cinematic memory from childhood. <laughs> One star signifies a very good restaurant, two stars are excellent cooking that is worth the detour and three stars means exceptional cuisine that is worth a special journey so we have decided to award fear street part two 1978 with a drumroll please three hell yeah a well deserved three
1: very well deserved but also it'll be so tragic if this is the best movie
0: (laughs) yeah yeah But at the same time, this, of course, this is going to be the best movie out of the bunch. You know, like we, we love, we love a classic slasher movie taking place in a tiny secluded area.
1: Yeah, we really do. It was just, oh, it was so, it was so well done.
0: Yeah, it was so well done. And it was so fun. Mm -hmm. Like I literally, I had to go back and like watch it again because the first time I just enjoyed it so much. (laughs) I didn't know what I was going to talk about. (laughs) I was just sitting there like oh my god this is so good and it ended and I was like ah good movie good movie satisfied
1: yeah me too I yeah I was into it from the moment it started like mm-hmm. I I loved Ziggy just like as both an adult and a teenager, mm-hmm. um, I, I mean, I love how, you know, she's so obsessed with Bowie that, you know, not only does the movie begin with the Nirvana cover of The Man Who Sold the World, she also has named her dog Major Tom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, you were so stuck in the 80s because that was probably the last time when, you know, your life was good. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just, yeah, I just loved how specific, which I mean, it was a compliment that we gave to the first movie just like how specifically rooted in the time it was
0: yeah yeah no that's something they did really well like every every single time but like in this I don't know in this movie it was a little better and I think it was because all of the other little elements of this movie came together and fit really well with like all of the work that they did into rooting it in the 70s you know because again like the the soundtrack for this was incredible yeah I think I think getting attacked by by a possessed Tommy to uh, carry on my wayward son was pretty was pretty iconic <laughs> so funny. And they did a really good job putting everybody in those tiny shorts like from the 70s. Like yeah. all of this, all of this was good. And like even the characters were just so they were they were so fleshed out and so enjoyable. Yeah, they were.
1: Like even the the minor characters like Joan, which we mentioned, you know, like she's just a stoner and she's super bubbly. She's having a great time. She was That's so cute. <laughs> you know, and yeah, she's She is a hippie, you know, Mm -hmm. and you have what's his name? Kurt, who is, you know, super all-American, like, mm -hmm, narc, you know, like that kind of dude who obviously is going to become a politician. (laughs) Um, And you have, yeah, you had like Sheila, who was a nightmare but like you know the the popular girl and yeah i just like all the archetypes were really great
0: they were uh, it just feels like they put in all the work on this They 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 put so much work into making this such a nice like well well flushed out and like well made movie yeah
1: good job guys good job sorry that we're gonna have to rip the last movie completely apart
0: yeah watch it be good <laughs> <laughs>
1: If it's good, uh, we're gonna be so
0: sorry. Um... This might be a little bit more embarrassing than our like predictions on Breaking Bad, <laughs> just a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah. If it's good, y'all have permission to smite us. I guess. Yeah,
0: it'll be <laughs> it'll be deserved. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening! If you enjoyed listening, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever it is you're listening and follow us on our socials at the bu one on Twitter and Instagram. If you have thoughts on this episode that you'd like to share... if you hated everything we said be sure to drop us a voice message on our website on our next episode we'll be covering fear street 1666 which is available to watch on netflix happy watching and don't forget to do the reading